You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello there. Welcome to Be Humane on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Gansert, and today is the second of our four-episode series interviewing all eight, that's right, all eight of our 2014 Hero Dog Awards finalists. Today's pair of guests each have terrific tales to tell. First up is Linda Hickey, the mom of Xena, the warrior puppy, representing our Emerging Hero Dog category, which is sponsored by our wonderful friends at True Panion Pet Insurance. Later in the show, I'll chat with Matt Hadla, who worked with Cheney when they were both serving in the military together in Afghanistan. Of course, Cheney represents our military dog category this year, which is sponsored by our great friends at Shots Natural Energy. You know, I just can't wait to talk with them, and I can tell you their stories are going to be tearjerkers, so please have your tissues on hand. But, you know, speaking of dogs, let's head for a moment across the Pacific and talk about some very special dogs in Japan. Three years ago in the Fukushima Prefecture in Japan, suffered one of the most devastating tragedies in modern history. With March 11th, 2011, the earthquake, tsunami, and the nuclear disaster. Not only did this have a widespread impact on the people of Japan, but thousands of animals were impacted as well. Today, nearly 150 dogs continue to reside in shelters, unable to go home to their families. And companion animals are still being rescued from the restricted areas hard hit by the Fukushima disaster. Just a few weeks ago, American Humane paid tribute to a very special humanitarian dedicated to helping the animals of Fukushima. We presented Liz Lyman of MUFG, formerly known as the Bank of Tokyo Mitsubishi, with our presentation of the National Humanitarian Medal. Miss Lyman was amazing after the disaster in Fukushima. It was through her incredible efforts in building bridges between animal relief agencies on the ground in Fukushima and American Humane Association that we were able to step in and provide life-saving aid and care for the animals impacted. By receiving her highest distinction offered by American Humane Association, she joins past luminaries like Candy Spelling, Miranda Lambert, Hollywood director John Turtletaub, and Gus Arendelle. She uh, has really provided us all with inspiration through outstanding contributions through corporate social responsibility. Immediately following the Fukushima disaster, American Humane Association sent donations and a shipment of supplies to relief agencies on the ground as they worked desperately to shelter and save the lives of those animals in jeopardy. Liz then opened the doors and made it possible for me and our Red Star team to travel to Japan on behalf of American Humane on an aid visit to Fukushima, where she helped to build bridges to local agencies and community leaders as they came to terms with the impacts of the events on March 11th. And what I saw on the ground in Fukushima following the disaster was simply stunning. Words can't express the poignancy of the moments. The devastation on the ground, the blocks that were just completely full of debris. There was one image of what was left of a house, a small brick wall, just a few feet in length. And someone had painted a rainbow. That rainbow reminded me that compassion and hope exist, especially in communities hit by disaster. And it gave me the inspiration and the energy I needed to continue on. 
when I returned from our site visits on the ground, our Red Star team was ready to mobilize, and we developed a long-term grant-making strategy with a slate of community preparation, disaster preparation materials and coping tips so that the government officials there we met were provided with how to prepare for the next disaster to prevent this from happening again to children and animals. We actually, on just a few days ago, August 5th of 2014, we honored Liz Lyman. It was a lovely ceremony in New York, celebrating the couple of years of work that we've done on the ground together. We had really provided life-saving care for thousands of animals in this long-term sheltering environment. And now, we're down to 150, representing 120 cats and just a handful of dogs. What a victory that so many of those other thousands of animals that we cared for over the years were able to be reunited with their family members, able to go back into a loving home. There's no bigger advocate for the dogs of Fukushima than Liz Lyman. We're proud to have her serving on our board at American Humane Association as she truly embodies everything it is to be humane. That night, we premiered a dramatic new video about the dogs of Fukushima, and I encourage you all to watch it. Simply visit American Humane Association's YouTube page and look for the video entitled, An Update on the Dogs of Fukushima. Again, that's our YouTube page, American Humane Association's YouTube page, and look up the video, An Update of the Dogs of Fukushima. I'll guarantee it'll give you a whole new perspective on this tragedy, with implications still being felt years later. We're going to take a real short break, and we'll be right back with our third 2014 Hero Dog Awards finalist. This is Be Humane on Pet Life Radio. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Pet Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Awesome. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio. Positively possum. It's dinner time in America. Where more pet parents trust PetSmart for natural and expert recommended foods than any place else. And now, we've added more than 100 new varieties to our already wide selection of your favorite brands. Like Simply Nourish, Authority, Wellness, Science Diet, and more. Do what's best for your pet. At PetSmart, happiness in store. Go to PetSmartDeal.com to find out this week's coupon code and save up to 30% on food, treats, toys, and more. And get free shipping on orders of $49. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All right, welcome back to the show. Today is the second episode in our four-episode series where I'm interviewing the 2014 Hero Dog finalist. My first guest today represents the Emerging Hero category, sponsored by our good friends at Trupanion Pet Endurance. Our other seven categories represent working dogs, each with special training to perform very specific tasks. Emerging Hero Dogs are different. They are ordinary dogs that do extraordinary 
extraordinary things. And I will tell you, extraordinary is certainly one word to describe the 2014 Emerging Hero Dog finalist, Xena the Warrior Puppy. And this is Xena, listeners, with an X. Yes. And I have the phone with me right now, Xena's mom, Linda Hickey, who lives with this wonderful dog near the wonderful town of Atlanta, Georgia. Hi, Linda. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. That's wonderful. Is Zena nearby and what she's up to today? She's actually sleeping in the sun right now. So I, the whole house is nice and quiet so we can have a nice conversation. <laughs> Without barking in the background. That's you wonderful. You got that right. That's it. <laughs> well, I can't guarantee that my dogs won't be uh, chiming in. <laughs> so, you know, hopefully they'll cooperate as well. But, you know, I just am so proud to know you, so proud to learn about Zena's story as a miracle dog. I mean, there was a new stories that came out recently about your family and this wonderful pup. Tell our listeners about how you first found this very special dog. Well, Zena, how I met her was actually on a local news broadcast. I was straightening up my family room one night, and I really wasn't even paying much attention to the news, but all of a sudden, this horrifying photo of Zena was up on the screen. She was emaciated. She really looked like she was not even alive on a vet's table. And um, I immediately just sat down and started watching this news broadcast. And somebody had, you know, abused her and starved her. She was emaciated and left for dead in somebody's front yard right here in Georgia. And the news was, you know, looking to the public to see if anybody had any information on who could possibly have done this to this puppy. And in the news broadcast, they were saying she had a Facebook page. And so I quickly grabbed my laptop and I just signed into Facebook and typed in her name, which was so appropriately given to her, Zena the Warrior Puppy. And Mm -hmm. I started following her. And every day I would sign into Facebook. I'd pray for her at night and I would sign in the next morning just to see if she had made it through the night. And little by little, she was she was getting healthier, and I had fallen in love with her over Facebook, believe it or not. Wow. Wow. You know, it's amazing the power of social media. In your case, you found the warrior puppy on social media, you know, and got to fall in love with her. I think that's amazing. Tell us why you call her the warrior puppy. Well, I think she has... That name was given to her from the beginning, and Mm -hmm. I didn't name her that. Her rescue group and her foster mother named her that. But I I think it was just they wanted to give her such a strong name to overcome everything that she had been through. She was only four months old, and she had a terrible start to life, and she overcame every single odd. They had rescued her. Somebody had called animal control. She was found on somebody's front lawn. They brought her to the nearest animal shelter. And the worker there quickly administered IV fluids, and she ended up bringing her home that night. And she, Chrissy, became her foster mother. And she brought her home not to, you know, not thinking she was going to make it through the night. She brought her home to give her love and comfort for her last hours on this earth. And the vet that night only gave her a one percent chance of survival. So the wow. next morning, when she, yes, so wow, the next morning when she, you know, when she woke up, she was just as surprised as anybody to see that she had made it through the night. Amazing. I hope our listeners have a tissue out there. I mean, you think about this puppy and they bring her home just to have her last hours and comfort and peace and to go from this world knowing what love is. And what does she do? She survives. She lives. Tell us about how that happened. It's amazing. Well, you know, some really good food, lots of love and some medical attention for sure. And they, you know, every day she was getting stronger and it was just a few days later where she was able to walk. 
unsteady, mm-hmm. little wobbly, but she was able to do it. And little by little, you know, she just became more healthy. And she was able to have her very first fundraiser. She had a, at that time, she had about 14,000 Facebook fans. And she had a fundraiser so she could meet all her fans, and I wanted to go because I felt, you know, I was her number one fan, even though that's not true. So I wanted to go, and I told my husband that morning, you know, she's having a fundraiser downtown. I really would like to go. And he rolled his eyes, of course. You know, he thought, oh, gosh, this wife of mine is going to have her heart broken once again So, because I'm a huge animal lover. So we hopped in the car, and we brought Johnny. And we brought him into this fundraiser, and we were only there for such a short time because my son, Johnny, has autism, mm-hmm. and he is unable to handle the confusion, the commotion, the, the noise of the world. Very upsetting to him. He can't quite process all of that. Of so we were there for under five minutes. And within that five minutes, you know, we pet her, we loved on her, and our local Atlanta News was there that day. I had absolutely no idea. I mean, I didn't even see a camera. You know, I was just so focused in on this little pup. And Johnny and Zena had made the news that for the very first time on our evening news. And, you know, that just started the ball rolling. And I truly believe that God had his hand in all of this. From the moment I saw that newscast, you know, when she was rescued, and then again at that meet and greet, how she and Johnny connected, and that we were able to adopt her. Wow. You know, I told our listeners, have this tissue ready, and this is one of those stories where you think about just what it is to know the word compassion in your life, and boy, I just, I'm so touched by this. And when your son, Johnny, met her, why do you think they formed such a strong emotional connection? Well, what had happened was, you know, I filled out adoption papers hoping that we would be able to adopt her. Never, mm-hmm. you know, my husband kept saying, do you really think you're going to get her? You know, there's a line. Um, <laughs> thousand Facebook fans, you know, and I kept saying, yes, I truly believe it. And I prayed. I really did. I never, ever thought there would be a connection between Johnny and Zena. I have two dogs already. I have a mm-hmm. Labrador and I have a Dachshund. And they live, at the time, they lived under one roof but lived parallel lives. There was absolutely no interaction between my pups and Johnny at all. So I never adopted Zena for him. I adopted Zena because I felt the world had wronged her and I, I just wanted to give the the best life to this little pup that she deserved. And I thought, I know it's silly, but I I thought it was only me that could do that. So that's why I filled out the adoption papers. And I got the call, you know, that the potential chosen adoption family. And what they do is they come on over for a trial period. Mm -hmm. And so um, they just wanted to, you know, check out our home and make sure everything was okay. So I didn't tell Johnny that she was coming. In fact, he was in school that day. They came, and during that visit, they said, would you like her to sleep over? I was like, of course I want her to sleep over, you know? <laughs> and I didn't expect that, you know? I was like a little girl at Christmas. I, I didn't expect it. So what I did was, Johnny, I take to school every day, and I pick him up from school every day. So I just put her in the car. And when we went to go pick up Johnny, she was there without him even knowing. And he gets into the van. And I have to tell you, it was a magical moment. I could just cry. He sat in his car seat or his boot seat. And this pup just jumped right up into his lap. And a little boy, my son, who has autism, I'm sorry, who has all these space issues. You know, people, he doesn't like people into his space. 
He just allowed this pup to jump right up into his lap and kiss him all over his face. He who doesn't have much of a vocabulary, he doesn't have a lot of language. He doesn't have that conversation back and forth. He's socially awkward. He was talking to her. He was talking nonstop to her. He was telling her, and it may not have been perfect, but you know what? She didn't care. And, And that's what made the connection so perfect because I am certain my son knows that people don't quite get him and don't understand him. And so that's what keeps him more introverted, more so because he understands what people are feeling about him. His pup Mm -hmm. didn't care. You know, he was telling her she had four legs and two ears and that she has a boo-boo on her nose, which she does from the abuse that she had endured. And he wanted to put a Band-Aid on her nose. And, you know, we drove home and she sat in his lap the whole way home. And when we got into the family room, when we came home, there was so much laughter. There was playtime. There was chatter. I cannot even express completely in words the feeling that this mom had that day, you know, To spend thousands of dollars on therapy to try to pull words out of your son and to get him to do all these things that therapists and teachers and friends and family and parents, even us, have been trying to do. Here within moments, he is nonstop chatter to this little puppy. And I just stood back in the family room and I was like, oh my gosh, my miracle is here. And she just happens to have four legs and fur, you know, it was such an amazing moment. Whoa, this is so powerful. I mean, this is amazing, absolutely amazing. And you talk about how this dog was meant for you and meant for Johnny. It's just uh, your story is powerful. Words don't really express just how amazing we all feel. I know as we're listening to you and you're, and you're talking from a mother's heart and, uh, you know, I'm a mother. I, I know how animals bring so much into our lives as a family and I can just imagine as you're facing the diagnosis with autism and the therapist and everything that you've done to give your, your son this wonderful path and what walks in? The four legs with fur. Isn't I think that that's something? beautiful. It is. It's amazing. I, I, I truly believe it's a God thing. You know, I've always say God spelled backwards is dog. And holy smokes, <laughs> if he didn't give us our miracle that we have been praying for all these years. I didn't expect it to be a dog, but that's, that's exactly what we got. And, you know, she is remarkable. She, I think, herself has baggage mm-hmm. coming from where she has come from. And yes. I feel that the two of them complement one another, whatever it is that she needs, I think he gives to her and vice versa. It's a relationship. I think that it was a match made in heaven for sure. And she is an ordinary dog. Like you said, she has absolutely no training for this. She's not a service dog. She's not a therapy dog. She is an ordinary dog that has done extraordinary things. And she continues to amaze me every single day. We're just all so touched. I mean, amazing. Let's back up just a little bit because you entered this Warrior Puppy into the Hero Dog Awards. Were you a little nervous awaiting the results as uh, we did the countdown to the finalists? Oh, can I tell you? <laughs> I'm still nervous. I'm Aww. still nervous. You know what? I have to thank the American Humane Association. I really do in true panion 
for shining a light on this pup. She is so remarkable. And, you know, I could stand on my rooftop and scream it to the world, but, boy, you guys are really giving us a platform to to let everybody know how wonderful she truly is. And I thank you for that. Well, uh, it's our honor and a privilege to do this every year. It's one of our shining moments as we're able to to tell these positive stories of the power of the child-animal bond in this case. It's what we know and what we've believed in our mission for almost 140 years now. And so to, to have this opportunity to share these stories is just, again, sharing our, our mission and why we've existed for this many years. You also have a great charity partner, Sheltie Rescue of Utah. I love Sheltie Rescue of Utah. It's a wonderful group. Tell us a little bit about your charity partner and why you chose them. Well, I chose them because I felt it was so fitting to Zena's story. You know, Zena was also rescued by Friends of DeKalb Animals, another rescue organization. But, you know, to me, it was just so fitting. You know, they're saving animals every single day. And Zena, Mm -hmm. had she not been saved, I mean, look at what has happened. Look at the miracles that have happened because one pup was saved. So it was just a fitting organization to match with Zena's story for sure. They're saving animals every single day. Right. That's wonderful. Well, in a few weeks, you're going to be heading off to Los Angeles for the gala. What are you most looking forward to with this trip? Oh, my goodness. I think Mm -hmm. the whole thing is just overwhelming right now. But, of course, Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to the whole event. I'm looking forward to meeting all the other contestants. I am so honored that we are in this competition with these pups. They're all so amazing. So I think, actually, to meet all of them is the highlight, to be honest. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And I know that all of our human celebrities are going to want to meet you. It's a night about (laughs) these hero dogs. And I love the fact that we bring to Hollywood the best in America, heroes on both ends of the leash. And we're able, thanks to our partner with the Hallmark Channel and all of our sponsors and the Lois Pope Life Foundation, we're able to bring these stories to all of America in a really special night. And uh, again, one of our highlights of the year. Linda, your family, Zena, the warrior puppy, Gosh, just inspirations to all of us. I can't wait to meet you in person in just a few weeks. Any final thoughts for our listeners? Vote. Vote for (laughs) Tina the Warrior Puppy. She has a Facebook page. Sign on into your Facebook and and follow us every day. She does extraordinary things every single day, and, um, and it's all documented. And uh, I provide her voting link on there every day. So um, I hope you come visit us and like her page and, and vote for her. She so deserves it. That's wonderful. Well, Linda, so proud to know you and uh, give our best to Johnny and Zena today. We're just uh, can't wait to celebrate this extraordinary emerging hero dog. And also want to thank our friends at Trupanion for sponsoring this very special category. Uh, this is why we do this at American Humane. Uh, we celebrate dogs doing extraordinary things every day. These are really uh, stories that make us all understand what compassion is uh, in this this modern era. So thank you. And for those listeners, visit HeroDogAwards.org and cast your vote. We'll be right back with our next Hero Dog right after this. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Dogs leave fur wherever they go. It collects all over the home. There are many tools designed to stop dog hair spreading, but their effectiveness varies, and afterwards you have to clean the tool, then the floor. With the Dyson Groom Tool, you simply deploy the bristles, then gently brush the coat. Loose fur is removed, while dead skin and allergens are captured by the vacuum. And to clean up, 
you simply release the trigger. To get this awesome Dyson Groom Tool, go to DysonDeals.com. That's DysonDeals.com. Hi, this is Marcy Davis and my service dog, Whistle, and we're your hosts of Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Working Like Dogs is the show where you can learn everything you ever wanted to know about working animals or working dogs. Whether you're a member of a working dog team or you've just seen a working dog or animal out at the mall or the grocery store and you're curious about how these amazing animals work with their human partners, then Working Like Dogs is the show for you. Join us for the inside scoop at Working Like Dogs on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. One thing that's been a hot topic this summer is military working dogs. You'll remember that American Humane Association has been working with a wonderful organization called Mission Canine Rescue to bring home and reunite as many military dogs as possible with their handlers. We were just on Capitol Hill in July to talk about the importance of bringing home all of our military dogs. And hopefully the regulations can be rewritten soon. You know, dogs have been used in combat since the Roman times. They have been very important to our armed forces dating back to the Civil War. And of course, they're so vital to recent operations in Iraq and Afghanistan, the war on terror. You know, when we were on the Hill, we had a number of media interview us as we were advocating for military working dogs and contract working dogs. And one of the uh, anchors with the BBC said, Dr. Ganser, should dogs go to war? And that is such an interesting question to ponder. And my response back to the anchor was simply these dogs. They do this work out of unconditional love. And it is noted that each dog allows servicemen and servicewomen to come back home. They save lives on the battlefields. You know, it's estimated that each military working dog can save the lives of 150 to 200 servicemen and women in the line of duty. And for you and me, that means that more sons and daughters come back from war, more mothers and dads come back from war. And I think that's incredible. My next guest is the dad of this year's military working dog category, Chaney, which is sponsored by our great friends at Shots Natural Energy. I'm so proud to bring on Matt Hatala to the show. Matt, how are you today? Tell us about what's going on with you and your four-legged hero dog, Chaney. I am doing great. Chaney and I just got back actually from a uh, very busy weekend. We uh, flew home over the weekend back to Waverly, Iowa, and uh, we were shooting the footage for the uh, the Hero Dog Awards. So I just want to say a big thank you to Chris and his crew because they made it extremely comfortable and easy. You know, and then we just went around and saw old family and friends that we hadn't seen in a couple months. So it was a uh, a busy but great weekend overall. That's wonderful. And I'm so glad that was a great experience. And I know all of America is going to want to tune in when Hallmark airs the Hero Dog Awards and to hear your story. Matt, tell our listeners how you got paired up with this incredible Hero Dog. I had just gotten back from a deployment in Iraq, and uh, I was passed as the platoon dog handler for my platoon during the buildup for our Afghanistan deployment that we were going to be going on. Um, so I traveled to South Carolina and trained with a company down there where I was introduced to uh, Cheney. 
and we we went through the rest of the training cycle together, um, getting ready for Afghanistan and getting our guys ready, you know, to troll with us because it was a whole different thing, you know, at that time for us. Uh, the whole dog program for me was new. And honestly, at the beginning, I, I didn't know if I really wanted to do it, but looking back now, it's one of those things that I wouldn't trade for the, you know, the world. So tell us a little bit about that. So you were learning the dog program in South Carolina, and how did you meet Cheney? Well, we showed up there the first day, and they pulled up with a dog truck, and they said, uh, you know, pick a dog box off the truck. We just walked up to a, a random box, and uh, I happened to pick Cheney's box. And uh, the funny thing was, that first day that we had him, I wasn't sure if I really was really into this dog. He was uh, kind of bullheaded. He was a bigger dog, so he was able to pull me around when we went for uh, runs. And uh, he didn't seem to listen to me too well. And it wasn't until about a week into the training where we both kind of gained a, a mutual respect for one another and actually became an excellent team and worked very well together through the workup, through the deployment. And, you know, looking back today, I, I obviously wouldn't trade him for the world either. So it was one of those lucky things, I guess. That's amazing. That's amazing. So you two deployed to Afghanistan? Oh, yes, ma'am. In uh, 2010, October 2010, we deployed to southern Afghanistan, uh, Garmshire District, where we were for seven months um, with 2nd Battalion, 1st Marines, searching for IEDs every day. Is Cheney a contract working dog versus a military working dog? Um, no, ma'am. He was owned by the United States Marine Corps, mm-hmm. but trained and kept at the uh, contract company that we hired to train the dog's facility there in uh, South Carolina. So what's nice about that is that we know so many of the Marine deployments had uh, contract working dogs, and I know that was a little tougher to get some of those dogs back in the hands of their handlers. So it's really great that he was uh, owned by the, by the military. That's wonderful. Tell us a little bit about how you all were separated. Um, yeah, when we came back, the reason that we use Labrador is one, I mean, obviously they have an amazing capability for uh, scent detection, but two, they're such a personable dog that they're easily transitioned from handler to handler. So uh, it's not like when you have um, a German Shepherd or a police dog like that where it stays with one handler the entire time. Uh, when we get back off deployments, our dogs go back to the uh, company there in South Carolina and get ready to uh, go on another deployment with a different unit. So when we got back, walked off the uh, bus, turned my weapon in, put Cheney on a truck, and uh, he went back to South Carolina. So it was a little bit of mixed emotions. You know, obviously I was extremely happy to be home and see my family, but at the same time it was a little difficult because, you know, I just had to put my best friend on a truck and I don't know when I'm going to see him again. So it was, uh, it was really difficult there for a while. Well, Matt, I mean, this is amazing. You had to uh, say goodbye to your best friend after your deployment. And our listeners, by the way, really get what that means. Do you know what happened to Cheney? Who was his next handler? Did you know any more about his history for deployments? Uh, Yeah, actually, like I said, Cheney and I made a a heck of a team, and uh, that must have stuck out to some of the people in the company. I was offered a, uh, a job, actually, after leaving the Marine Corps to work for the contracting company that had trained me and my guys for our deployment. So uh, I went back over to South Carolina, where Cheney was at the time, and got to see him again as he was getting ready to build up for his next deployment with another Marine. And so this was about four to five months after I had last seen him, which was, was great and amazing. But at the same time, I didn't want to confuse him, you know, on who was his handler now. So I had to keep my distance, which was really difficult because I'd show up in the morning and uh, 
he'd see me show up after he knew I was working there. He started looking for me. And, um, you know, it was tough to walk by his cage every day and kind of not really pay me attention because you knew it was more important, you know, to not pay attention to him now so that he could do his job over there when the, when the time came. Wow. I mean, that's got to be tough for you, too, because you just want to, when you see your buddy, your battle buddy, you just want to go off and give him a hug. So I know that had to be tough. How were you able to get him in your home? How did Cheney retire and share with our listeners how you were able to become his forever home? I was blessed to be able to know the right channels to go through to find the application to put in for uh, for when he retired. Um, I know a lot of guys had a, a difficult time. It wasn't advertised well. Nobody was really willing to help when these guys coming out find their dogs. Luckily, I had some friends in the right places that directed me to the right people. And um, I put in an application after leaving the company in South Carolina. At the time when I was in South Carolina, I figured if I was still working there when he retired, it wouldn't be a hard process to you know, adopt him. So after I left and moved back to Iowa, I put in the application. It was about almost two years with really no word you know, just kind of guessing, you know, I'd heard that he had made it back all his deployment and everything like that. So it was kind of just playing the waiting game, which was scary in itself because some of my buddy's dogs were getting passed to fire departments or sent detection dogs for police. So there was always that, uh, that what if, you know, but finally June of last year, I got a phone call from the company and, um, I said, Hey, Cheney's getting ready to retire. You know, how soon can you be here? And, uh, Wow. That was one of the best days of my life. You know, it was out of the blue. Even though I'd been waiting for it for two years, you know, you never expected that day to really come. It wasn't a real thing at that point. I kind of not lost hope, but it was it was difficult to imagine getting back that long afterwards. So immediately I started calling my buddies. I called my buddy Shay Bowen from Michigan, Keegan Albright from Illinois, and uh, Mark Johnson from Tennessee. And these were guys that were all over in Afghanistan with me and in Iraq and um, knew Cheney. Keegan was another dog handler that actually received his dog back, thankfully. And um, we kind of turned it into a road trip slash reunion slash getting Cheney back whole event which, you know, I wouldn't want to uh, have that time in my life with any other people in the world. So to have them be there as well as getting him back was phenomenal. Wow. You know, I know our listeners are cheering for you because you get, you know, and you do this wonderful road trip to get him back. I just think that's amazing. You know, I now know that you too are traveling the Midwest representing a great organization called Retrieving Freedom. And I love that name, Retrieving Freedom. Can you tell our listeners about this great group? Yeah, definitely. Retrieving Freedom is a uh, 501c nonprofit with locations in Waverly, Iowa, and Stabota, Mississippi. And uh, what we do is we train service dogs for veterans with uh, post-traumatic stress, as well as physical disabilities, along with children with autism. And, and a lot of times people go, well, that's kind of two ends of the spectrum there. You've got veterans, and then you've got children with autism. And, and the reason it works so amazing is because for the veterans, we like to use higher drive dogs. A lot of times veterans with post-traumatic stress have trouble getting out, you know, from their house, from their safe zone, or have activities that they like to do. Veterans like to uh, go hunting or exercise. So we like to use those dogs with a higher drive for those people. And every once in a while, we'll get dogs that don't have that high drive in. Mm-hmm. So they work perfect for the children with autism that need to slow down a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. they're constantly going, 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 and kind of need that kind of rock, you know, to kind of calm right. down. A, right. uh, a center for them. So that's why it works so amazing with veterans as well as children with autism. And um, some of the things that we train these dogs to do, anything from turning a light switch on in the middle of the night if a veteran's having a nightmare, 
to helping a veteran with a prosthetic open their, their dryer door and retrieve clothes from the dryer and actually put it in the basket for them. So the things that these dogs can do and the things that uh, Scott Dewey and Charles Dwyer, the uh, two owners of Retrieving Freedom, have, have been able to do with these dogs are just phenomenal. And every day that I uh, walk in the kennels, I'm, I'm still blown away at what they're doing with these dogs. That's amazing. You know, Matt, this wonderful group, and again, it's Retrieving Freedom. Is there a website for this group? Yes, ma'am. You can find us on Facebook under Retrieving Freedom as well as retrievingfreedom.org. Dot org. You know, we've been working on uh, some wonderful research in this area, too, Matt, that we can talk about later on. But I think it's so important to really, for all of our listeners, to understand that the service dogs are so essential now for veterans coming back from multiple deployments in the War on Terror. This has uh, really been a very important chance for us to provide a path to healing through the use of service dogs. And I'm so proud to know that that's what you and Cheney are doing, traveling and helping to promote promote this fine organization. It's wonderful. Tell us, Matt, a little bit about your family. Is Cheney your only pet at home? Uh, yes, he is. Right now, he is uh, my only pet at home that I own. I currently live with my point man from Afghanistan, Shea Boland, one of the guys that went out to get him with me. Up here in Lansing, we're both going through the uh, fire academy, EMT and paramedic schools up here. So that's also that's- been fun. But he has a dog as well. Her name is Reagan, and, and her and Cheney are the... Uh, the best of friends. I love that. I love that. And then we're also kudos to you too for going to the fire academy. I think that's wonderful. And uh, and we have so many uh, firefighters and all in our wonderful community and family at American Humane and glad to know that you're taking that as the next step. So proud of you. You know, one question I've been asking Matt, all of our finalists is, were they nervous to find out if their dogs made the top eight? Were you and Cheney nervous when those results were coming out? I was. I was very nervous, you know, because there's always that chance of uncertainty. And, you know, the two other dogs in my category were amazing dogs. I read both their stories. You know, I wish we all three could have won. But I knew that I had a amazing backing behind me from the Retrieving Freedom family, you know, the, the community of Waverly, and so many others out there that really helped and pushed to get me where I thought I, you know, where I wanted to be with this competition. And so I thought we had a pretty good chance, but yeah, I was definitely, definitely nervous. Well, you know, and I'm sure Cheney, by the way, wasn't nervous. <laughs> no, Cheney usually is uh, pretty much happy as a clam. It doesn't take, it does take a lot to uh, to really get him riled up. So, no, nah, he was uh, he was cool as a cucumber. Yeah, he's been to Afghanistan. Winning this contest doesn't mean anything <laughs> to him, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, he's, uh, yeah. I mean, it's still, still an amazing opportunity for both of us. I'd say just as prideful as my deployment to Afghanistan because this contest has allowed myself and Cheney, as well as Retrieving Freedom, to get out there more, to reach more people, to advocate more. And that's our end goal, is to raise more awareness about what these guys go through and how we can help with service dogs once they get home. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you've got an incredible platform with this campaign, Matt. How would it feel for you and Cheney to win, to be the 2014 American Hero Dog? It would... uh you know, it kind of bring this whole thing full circle. That's obviously our ultimate goal. And uh, and to be able to do something like that would take us to a, an even bigger level and of advocacy and the amount of people we could reach. And like I said, that has been from day one, our goal is to just reach more people, educate more people, and, and maybe change some perspectives on PTSD and uh, how these guys have to live when they come home and the things they have to go through. So if we can do that, we can get out there 
and possibly touch the veterans that are dealing with some stuff in their lives, that's the world to us. So to be able to win this, we'll be able to bring that to a bigger level and just make it all that much more special. You'd be continuing, if you want, a legacy of military dogs winning. Of course, you know, I'm referring to the dearly beloved and, uh, you know, recently departed Gabe and uh, all of Gabe's fans through Gabe Nation. Uh, an incredible example of a military dog doing great things and even in Gabe's retirement doing great things, just like you and Cheney are. Yeah, and, and I want to send a big thanks out to uh, Charles. You know, he kind of helped me through this contest at the beginning. We didn't know a whole lot of, of what this contest was. To be honest with you, we found out about it a day before, and uh, we scrambled real fast to put everything together, and we didn't even know the magnitude of it, honestly, when we submitted our application. So we were kind of going into it blind. Charles has been amazing, helped me out with letting me know how the whole thing works and everything like that. And then everyone with Dave Nation that supported Cheney as well. Thank each and every one of you. You know, we, uh, we wouldn't have made it this far without you. So thank you. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. You know, I know you also have a great charity partner because each of our eight finalists all choose a charity partner in their respective categories, and the charity partners get a grant on behalf of their winning finalist dog, and I think that's really special. So American Humane Association's Hero Dog Awards is also an incredible grant-making opportunity for local and regional organizations and some national organizations in these working dog categories that are doing extraordinary things to promote those categories of dogs that we all are here to celebrate. Your charity partner is America's Vet Dogs. Tell us a little bit about America's Vet Dogs. They're also training service dogs for uh, disabled veterans mm-hmm. coming home. You know, a lot of the same work that, that Cheney and I have done in the past, and that's why it made so much sense to us, you know. Any way that we can help these guys, it's not just through retrieving freedom. Any organization out there trying to push to help veterans, we're 100% behind you. So it just made sense for us to uh, to pick that organization just because of our beliefs and uh, the kind of thing that we're striving for with, with our organization back home as well. That's wonderful, wonderful. What are you most looking forward to, Matt? And what is Cheney most looking forward to for the big trip to Los Angeles? I don't know. I, I think it's going to be cool for us to go back to where it all started. I was based in California, so it's uh, kind of like a coming home as well as, you know, the, the whole deal with the award show, which is going to be phenomenal. So it's going to be a, uh, an amazing, fun, emotional weekend all around. I think we're just looking at the whole complete package and just so excited to be able to be a part of it. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for your service to our country. And thanks, to Cheney, for his service as well. What an inspirational story. I'm so glad you were able to provide Cheney with a retirement in dignity. And importantly, you two together are some of the most powerful advocates for service dogs and for military dogs. And uh, our voiceless definitely need a voice. And I couldn't imagine a better voice for this issue than you and Cheney. So thank you so much much and I can't wait to meet you in just a few weeks. Any final words for our listeners? No, I don't believe so. And, you know, I just once again want to thank everyone that's been behind us this whole time. You know, we've had a huge support network and we wouldn't be able to do this without you. So it's not just me and Cheney out there working to uh, to help veterans and retreating freedom out there working to help veterans. It's each and every one of the people that came out and uh, took the time to vote for us. In their own way, they're helping veterans as well. So I can't say it more. You know, thank you very much. Oh, that's wonderful. And of course, I know you want your listeners to vote for you, right? So for people listening today and you want to learn more about all of the eight amazing finalists, including Cheney, you can visit HeroDogAwards.org and cast your vote today and every day until we close the contest on September 21st and 
calculate and tally the votes and uh, name the American Hero Dog on uh, September 27th in Beverly Hills. Listeners, that's all we have for our show today. Remember to vote. And again, you can visit HeroDogAwards.org to hear more of their stories. I look forward to chatting with you very soon as we continue to hear the stories of our eight extraordinary finalists. Until then, let's all remember to be humane. This is Dr. Robin Gansert. Thanks for listening. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.